my greatest desire is that you would encounter the Holy Spirit, that you would encounter God, that you would leave this place with an experience with God, that you would um, leave this place passionately in love with Jesus, full of His presence, full of His fire, full of His power. Even those who are watching online, I believe you can have that same encounter wherever you're watching. Jesus is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Not me, not a preacher, not a minister. He does it. He can do it even as you watch online. Jesus can pour out His Spirit upon your heart. Amen? How many believe that? I believe it with all my heart. You know, when you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, it's really special because uh, it transforms your life. I was going to be a medical doctor. I was studying, my dad is a medical doctor. I was on my way to become a medical doctor. And I had one encounter with the Holy Spirit. And with this one encounter with the Holy Spirit, God revealed to me, first of all, His love. God, the Bible says that He pours His love upon our hearts through the Holy Spirit. He reveals to you how special, how precious you are to Him. And there are no words to describe the love of God for you. Words cannot explain or even begin to express how much He loves you. But when He pours out His Spirit upon your heart, that's when you encounter His love and you experience the love of God. And that changes your life. And that is hard to even explain with words. That's something that you have to experience yourself. The next thing that happens is the Holy Spirit makes Jesus real to you. And that's what I want to speak to you this evening. But the Holy Spirit comes only to testify of Jesus and to glorify Jesus. And when I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus became real to me. Uh, he, the way He reveals Jesus to you, it's not just as a historic figure or as a religious figure or someone that you are going to meet when you die and go to heaven, but He reveals Him to you as a person whom you can have a personal relationship with Him. And He reveals His heart, His nature, His essence to you like no preacher, like no religion can. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal a living Christ to you. And the Holy Spirit is the only one who can reveal your purpose to your life. Only the Holy Spirit can show you things to come. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal His calling for your life. Only the Holy Spirit can give you His dream, His vision for your life. Not your parents, not your mom and dad, no. Anybody else can show you what God's dream is. Only the Holy Spirit can, can, can. The Bible says when He pours out His Spirit, young men will see visions. They have, he will give dreams, prophetic words. All of that speaks about destiny and purpose. And all that happens when God pours His Spirit upon our lives. That's why my prayer for this weekend is that you would have a an encounter, an experience with the Holy Spirit. During that experience with the Holy Spirit, the Lord called me into the ministry. I never wanted to be a preacher. I never wanted to be a public speaker. I was going to be a medical doctor. But He showed me His plan, His purpose for my life. And I said yes to Him. So I quit medical school and we began to uh, go to the world and preach the gospel and share the good news. He called us to to do two things, to share the gospel uh, and to pray for the sick and see deliverance and also to take the fire of the Holy Spirit to the young people. We've already been to over 50 different countries and we're seeing amazing things that God is doing in different uh, nations around the world. I wanted to show you a short clip tonight from a few months ago. We were in the Philippines and I really, I don't think it's one of the places where I've seen the most hunger for the presence of God. And um, I want to ask you guys to pray for us because next weekend we're going to go back to the Philippines. But this time we're going to Manila, to the capital. That what I'm going to show you is from General Santos. Yeah, we got somebody from the Philippines. And um, they're expecting over 10,000 people to come to this event in Manila. So it's tremendous what God is doing. So if we have this video ready, this is from General Santos in the Philippines. If we can play the video. 
calling you to follow him. And he says to you, follow me. Follow me. And I will make you a fisher of men. If tonight you want to follow Jesus, you want to be his disciple, you're willing to deny yourself you're willing to repent from your sins and you are willing to believe that he manifested his love towards you by dying on the cross for your sins he will give you the greatest of all miracles and he will call you his daughter and I'll call you his son will lead you to death will lead to a temporary satisfaction only Jesus can offer you joy abundant life and eternal life only Jesus but if you don't repent from your sins heaven's door will be shut upon your life she was now not able to hear since she was three years old she was now not she, able to hear now she and now she's hearing Jesus. Jesus 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 I love you I could not see clearly before all I could see were colors all I could see that there were colors but now it's so clear I can see their faces and it's just God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. I was so um, depressed and oppressed, and I can sleep every night. And right now, I see a bright light and a fire that I can't contain, and I feel I am free. Move down. Move wow. to the side. Wow. <laughs> I, I spit blood, and then the doctor said that I got TB. It's touching my lungs. And I thought that the Lord healed me. I can jump. I can wow. jump. Jesus healed me. You had a, a, a goiter here. It wow. was big. And now it disappeared. Look, it's totally gone. He rejoices when you believe Him for the supernatural. He rejoices when you believe Him for miracles. He rejoices when you believe Him for the impossible. Wow, that was so powerful. And next weekend, we're going to be back there in the Philippines. So we're expecting uh, many people to be saved, healed, and delivered. If you want to see what God continues to do through the ministry in different places, you may visit the website, holyspirit.tv. You can subscribe there, and we'll send you all the videos for free and teachings from Israel. So you can see what God is doing around the world. Uh, tomorrow evening, I'm going to be ministering uh, and praying also for the sick 
for deliverance and for those who want to receive the gift of speaking in tongues. So tomorrow evening we're going to be ministering for all those things, different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So if you know someone who's sick in their body, I want to encourage you to bring him tomorrow. We're going to be praying for everyone who's sick. Also, if you or you know someone who needs deliverance, we invite you to also to bring him. Or if you've been asking the Lord or you desire for God to give you the gift of to speak in other tongues so you may worship the Lord in the spirit and pray in the spirit, we're also going to be praying and I believe tomorrow is going to be doing, the Holy Spirit is going to be giving amazing gifts. Um, this evening, I want to begin the conference with what I believe is the most important ministry of the Holy Spirit which is to reveal Jesus to our hearts. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit only comes to testify and to glorify one person. His name is Jesus. He does not come to glorify a ministry or a minister or a preacher. He comes to glorify Jesus. How many say amen? amen. And he comes to testify of Jesus. And... Our greatest passion in this life should be the presence of Jesus. To know Him. To have an intimate relationship with Him. And I believe that tonight the Holy Spirit is going to draw you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to make Jesus so real to you. And once Jesus becomes real to your heart, you fall in love with Jesus. And He becomes your passion. He becomes your treasure. He becomes your reward. He becomes the reason why you live. Jesus. Your passion should be Jesus. You know, there's many things you could have passion for in this world. There's people who are very passionate for sports. In Argentina, we're passionate crazy about soccer. You know, there's people who are passionate for music, or passionate for art. Other people who are passionate in ministry for uh, miracles, or passionate for worship, or passionate for so many things you can be passionate for. But the foundation, the primary purpose and passion of your life should be the person of Jesus Christ. If, if your passion is something else, you're missing the number one reason why you were created. And that is to love Him, to know Him, to be with Him, and to develop a personal relationship with Him. So I'm going to speak tonight on passion for his presence. I'm going to share with you the story of a young lady in the scriptures. And you know, for some reason, God created women more sensitive to God's presence. <laughs> and I've learned more about the Holy Spirit from women <laughs> than from men. Like for example, Catherine Kuhlman. She was a woman who was passionate for the presence of Jesus. And she had this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. She would go into a place and people would begin to get healed without even laying hands. And tremendous signs, wonders, and miracles happened because of her passion for the presence of Jesus. There was another woman, her name was Amy Semple McPherson. God used her tremendously and at some point she had the largest church in the United States and tremendous signs and wonders and miracles took place through her life but it was because of her passion for Jesus. I'm going to speak to you about a young lady tonight who had a passion for the presence of Jesus. She had not a big ministry. She did not, the Bible doesn't tell us that she saw signs, wonders and miracles or multitudes come to Jesus. But she found the most important treasure of it all. She found the presence of Jesus. Her name is Mary of Bethany. The Bible says she was about 18 years old when Jesus was on earth. And well, this, the, the commentaries say this. I don't know if the Bible says this. but And there were different Marys in the Bible. So we have to set them apart. First there's Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's Mary Magdalene. And then there's Mary of Bethany, who was the sister of Lazarus and Martha. And she lived in this small town called Bethany that is found on the Mount of Olives. 
So most of the ministry of Jesus was in this region called Galilee. Three years of ministry in Galilee. But three times a year, Jesus would walk about a hundred miles, five days to Jerusalem to celebrate the feasts. So he would walk five days to Jerusalem and five days back, three times a year. That's like a whole month every year walking. Imagine how much Jesus walked. When he came to Jerusalem, he was always come to this house, the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And the scriptures tell us four different scenes that Jesus came down to Bethany. And from each one of these scenes, the Holy Spirit will give us a revelation tonight about how to capture the presence of Jesus, how to capture the heart of Jesus, how to develop an intimate relationship with Jesus, how to become a carrier of his presence and his fragrance, how to make Jesus the number one passion of your life. First scene, we can go to the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him in her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. First scene, Jesus comes into Bethany, and he's welcomed into this home. And we see this young lady, this young girl, sitting at his feet, listening to Jesus speak and his older sister serving making sure that everything is perfect in her house imagine if Jesus came to your house you would try to make everything perfect everything clean that the food would be perfect but Mary is not doing anything she's just simply sitting down at the feet of Jesus doing nothing and Martha gets mad and says Lord Imagine, look at Martha. She's even telling Jesus what to do. <laughs> she goes, tell her to help me. Don't you care? And what Jesus answers her is tremendous. It's so powerful. It's so deep. He says, one thing is needed. One thing is required. And she has chosen the best part. And it will not be taken away from her. Jesus says to us, only one thing is required. And sadly, in our Christian walk, that's what we do the least. The one thing that's required. And what is that? To sit at the feet of Jesus and do nothing. And listen. Not talk. Listen to him speak to you. The first revelation is you must learn to abide at the feet of of Jesus you must be willing to sit at his feet and listen to him speak to you because it is in this place it is in this place where you will hear his voice because Jesus does not scream at you he whispers and he will whisper in his presence he will show you the Bible says the path of life how are you gonna know the path of life only in his presence, only sitting at his feet, he will show you the path that you must take in your life. The decisions that you must make, he will reveal them to you as you sit at his feet. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In this world, you won't find joy. But sitting at his feet, you will find joy. In his presence, there's pleasures, the Bible says. This world will offer momentary pleasures. And everybody's looking for different types of pleasures. But true pleasure you will find only in his presence. The Bible says that in his presence, wait in the Lord and he will renew your strength. 
you're tired, you're weary, wait in his presence and he will renew your strength. He said, Martha, Martha, you're troubled, you're worried about many things. And many of you came tonight worried and troubled about so many different things because this society will lead you to that will lead you to do more than you're supposed to be doing to extra activities and you become worried and troubled about so many things so many activities and religion will always the enemy will always lie to you say you have to do this 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 and then you can sit at his feet first you need to take care of this then take care of that. First, you need to fix this issue in your life. First, you need to fix this problem, this trouble. And then go sit at his feet. And Jesus says, no. One thing is required. One thing is needed for you to sit at his feet and listen to his voice. As you sit at his feet, the Bible says, be still. And you will know. You will know that he is God. At his feet. Not only he will show you the path of life, not only he will give you joy, not only he will give you peace, but you will know God. You will know him personally. Not because you read a book, not because you heard somebody's testimony, not because your dad or your mom is a Christian, not because you go to church, not because you're a certain religion, not because somebody told you a story about God. No, you will know him personally because you spent time with him. Because you've heard his voice speak to you. Because you beheld his beauty. You beheld his holiness. You have come to know him personally. And this is only possible at his feet. Spending time. It's very similar to sitting next to a fire. I don't know if you ever sat next to a fire. But as you sit next to the fire, suddenly the heat begins to be transferred to your skin and you begin to touch your skin and you feel your skin is hot you're not touching the fire but the fire is transferring its properties into you that's what happens when you sit at the feet of Jesus his love his joy his peace his righteousness his holiness begins to be trans oh you begin to be infused by his power Sit at his feet. Turn off the phone. Turn off the television. Turn off social media. So many things distracting you. Friends, phone calls. Always something to do. The enemy telling you, you're not worthy. First you need to do this. Get rid of this sin. Then you can go sit at his feet. Forget about all that and listen to Jesus tonight. Listen to Jesus. He says to you, one thing is required. This is amazing. This is going to shock you. But to preach is not required. To heal the sick is not required. To cast out devils is not required. The one thing that's required according to Jesus, not according to me, is to sit at his feet and abide in his presence. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Scene number two, Jesus returns to, Mer to Bethany, small village close to Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. But this time something tragic had happened. The brother of Mary, Lazarus, had died four days ago. So there's a great funeral that took place. There's great mourning. There's great weeping. There's great pain in the home because of this great loss in the family. And when Jesus was coming, the Bible says that Martha went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. 
Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. So Jesus enters, is entering Bethany, Bethany and here comes Martha. And says, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. Lord, if you would have been here, he, you would have healed him. He would still be alive. But he says, I believe that with you all things are possible. And Jesus says to her, one of the most powerful revelations that you would ever hear in all of your life. And this is what Jesus says to every one of us here tonight and everyone watching. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. If you believe in Jesus, though you may die, you will live forever. And whoever lives and believes in me and he returns, shall never die. If you're alive when he returns and you believe in him, you will never die. And then he asks... The most important question someone could ask you in all of your life. This is the most important question someone could ask you. Because the, your answer to this question will determine your eternity. The way you respond to this question will determine where you would spend eternity. And the question is this. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He is the way, that He is the truth, and He is the life? Do you believe? Not do you understand. Do you believe? Do you believe? And if you believe, if you make a decision and you say, I believe, that you are the Christ Jesus. I believe that you died for my sin on the cross. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. I believe that you paid the debt that I owe. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. The Bible says that if you die, you will live forever. You will spend eternity with Him. This is Him speaking, not me. And the Bible says that if you're alive... When he returns, because he will return very soon, you will never taste death. You will live forever. Martha had the right answer. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And then something special happened. Because Mary did not come out. Mary stayed at home. And uh, I wonder why did she stay at home? She knew Jesus was coming to the town. She probably stayed at home because she was disappointed with Jesus. When her brother was sick, I can imagine her praying and praying and praying and praying and asking. And she believed in her heart that Jesus would come and Jesus would heal her brother. I know she had full assurance and full trust that Jesus was going to come and heal her brother. And the days came and the days went by. And then her brother died. And then her brother was buried. And she felt Jesus did not answer her prayer. So she was disappointed with the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know if you ever decided to stay home. If you ever said, oh, I'm not going to church anymore. Oh, I'm not, I'm not following Jesus anymore because I asked him to do this. And I prayed and I prayed and I asked and I asked and he did not answer my prayer. I had a very, an aunt whom I loved with all my heart. She was the most awesome, most amazing aunt anybody could have. And she had cancer. And, and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we believed for God to heal her. And she died of cancer. She was not healed. What do you do? What happens to your faith 
I was in Israel a couple of weeks and a young man came and told me that her mother, his mother, died of cancer. But he said that he fasted every other day for like three years for her to be healed. He took her to every healing service available. And she was not healed. And when she died, she be he believed that God was going to raise her from the dead and brought the body into his house. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and she was not raised from the dead. What do you do? What happens to your faith? And he told me, I don't know if I believe anymore. What happens? This is what was going on in Mary's heart. She was like, Jesus, I thought that you would come. I thought that you would heal her. I thought that you were going to do the impossible. So now she's disappointed, discouraged, sitting at home. But this is what I love about Jesus. The Bible says that he sent Martha to Mary. And she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. If you're going through that, listen to the words of Jesus to you tonight. He's whispering to you in the secret of your heart. And he's telling you, the teacher has come and he's calling for you. He's calling for you. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your disappointment, in the midst of your discouragement, in the midst of your lack of faith and unbelief, the Holy Spirit comes to you tonight and says, the teacher is here in this place. And he cares about you. He was thinking about Mary, alone in her room crying. And he, Jesus sent someone to go call her. And the Holy Spirit has come to call you. And he's saying to you tonight, the teacher is here in this place and he's calling for you. Now, I love the way Mary responded. She did not stay sitting down. She got up and she ran to Jesus. She could not resist Jesus. As much pain as she was in, as much as she had lost, as much hurt that must have been in her heart because her brother had died. But even worse, she felt that God had disappointed her. But when she heard, Jesus is calling you. Because when she sat at his feet, she felt something. Something that she's never felt before in her life. And something that she could not feel away from his feet. She felt unconditional love. She felt life. She felt life. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. And once you feel the love of Jesus... Once you feel his presence, once you feel there's no other word to describe, it's not energy, it's life. His spirit is living. Once you feel that, once you sense that, no matter where you find yourself, when you hear him call you, you will run back to him. Because you know that there's no other name, there's no other place, there's no other person in whom you will find this love and this life only at the feet of Jesus. She ran to Jesus and this is what she did. She fell at his feet. She bowed down at his feet and she began to weep. And she said the exact same thing that her sister said. She said, Lord, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. But she said it in a different way. And she got a different response. She humbled herself at the feet of Jesus. And she wept. There's something that happens when you humble yourself before God. And this might sound wrong, but believe me, I've seen it. God does not listen to all the prayers the same. 
He does not listen to every request the same. When you humble yourself, you touch his heart. When you humble yourself, that's when he moves the supernatural. The Bible says, if my people would what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will listen. If you don't humble yourself, I'm not going to listen because God rejects the proud, but he, give, he gives grace to the humble. If you come to him with pride, don't expect that he would move his hand. But if you humble yourself, you touch his heart. And when Jesus saw Mary humbled, not demanding, not angry, not upset, but humble, maybe not understanding why, but she still bowed down before Jesus. She still worshipped him. She still cried at his feet. When he saw that, you know what happened? His heart was touched. And the Bible says that Jesus cried. Jesus wept. He didn't talk to her. He said, where did you lay him? Where is he? And he went and he raised the dead. He performed the supernatural. When there's a people who are willing to humble themselves before God, they touch his heart and he performs the supernatural. Humility is key to the supernatural. Believe me, I go to third world nations and people are so desperate that they're willing to humble themselves before God. There's no pride in their hearts. And that's why God responds with the supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles. When you come to God with a prideful heart, when you come to God with an angry heart, when you come to God with, a, um, with just arrogance, God will not listen to your prayer because the Bible says very clearly that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The Bible is filled with stories of men and women who humbled themselves before Jesus. Jairus, he was the ruler of the synagogue. The Bible says he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. By the time Jesus got there, she was dead, but Jesus also raised her from the dead. A man crying out for her daughter moved Jesus to the point that he went to his house. When you humble yourself, Jesus will go to your house. He will touch your children. He will raise your children from the dead. A Syrophoenician woman, her daughter was demon-possessed, oppressed by demons. You'd be amazed how many young people are being oppressed by demons, tormented. Because they open up themselves through diabolic video games, full of violence, full of killing, full of destroying. They open up themselves through all kinds of perversion through the internet. And then they become oppressed by demons. Young people, this woman, her daughter was being oppressed. She went to Jesus, not her daughter, she went to Jesus and she humbled herself. The Bible says she fell at his feet. And Jesus delivered her daughter from a distance. The demon left her daughter because of the act of humility of one woman. God delivered her daughter far away. The leper came and in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his sickness, in the midst of his disease, he bowed down before Jesus and worshipped him. Imagine that. How much humility willing to bow down, willing to worship Jesus in the midst of sickness. No, he didn't say, if you heal me, I will worship you. Or when you heal me, I will worship you. He didn't come demanding God for a miracle. He didn't say, God, you heal everyone else. You also need to heal me. It's my right to be healed. No. He bowed down. He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was moved with compassion and stretched his hand, touched him, and he was immediately healed. Immediately healed. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up.
when you begin to feel your heart become prideful, you begin to feel your heart become hard towards the things of God, maybe unbelief begins to come into your heart, maybe you begin to get disappointed with the things of God, maybe you don't see your answers being fulfilled the way you expected them to be answered. You don't see the things happen in your life the way you expected God to do in your life. And your heart begins to become hardened towards the things of God. This is the answer. You got to bow down and worship. Bow down and worship. You must remain in that place. When the Lord begins to use you and you begin to see miracles or people get healed through your life, maybe you begin to see your ministry grow, lives changed, bow down and worship him. You must remain in this attitude of humility, of humbleness before his presence. If you want the presence of Jesus in your life. For the third time, Jesus comes back to Bethany. John 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Third time, Jesus returns to Bethany. He goes straight to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. It's a very difficult time in the, time in the life of Jesus. Probably the most difficult time. The Bible says it was six days before the Passover. So he knew that in six days, he was going to be crucified. Nobody knew. But he knew what was coming to him. He knew that in six days, his body was going to be broken. He was going to be rejected by the people whom he loved. He was going to be spat upon. He was going to be whooped 39 times in his back. He was going to be nailed to a cross. He was going to shed his blood being innocent. He knew death was coming to him and not just a normal death, but a sacrificial death, a torturous death was coming to his life. He knew that was coming to him. Imagine the days before that, the stress that must have been upon his life to the point that the Bible says in the Garden of Gethsemane, he even sweated drops of blood. And he could have very easily turned his back on the cross. But he went to the cross. They didn't kill Jesus. He gave his life for us. During this very difficult moment in his life, he could have chosen many different homes to go to. But he chose the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Because he knew there was someone there that loved him. Not because of the miracles. Not because of the bread, not because of the fish. Someone who loved him because of who he was. Someone who loved to sit at his feet and accept him and love him. And when he called, someone that would run to him, run to him, even when she did not receive her miracle, she still ran. And we see Jesus sitting there in this home. Martha continues to serve. She did not receive his words. Continue to be busy with the things of life. Jesus is sitting there. And suddenly we see Mary come into the room. She doesn't go to anybody but Jesus. She doesn't ask for permission. She doesn't care what other people think. She doesn't ask for, she doesn't care other people's opinions. She goes straight to his feet with, and she's carrying something that is very valuable. A perfume, a fragrance, an oil. 
that's worth what you would make working a whole year. Imagine what your salary is for a whole year. That's the cost of this perfume. And she goes and pours it all at the feet of Jesus. She didn't go and calculate, oh, let me see how much is 10%. And then, okay. Or, um, oh, I'm going to give an offering today. No, she poured it all. Everything she had. She didn't save one drop to herself. She poured it all at the feet of Jesus. And she began to worship him. And she began to dry his feet with her hair. And then the fragrance, the fragrance of that perfume filled that whole room. The atmosphere changed because one woman's sacrificial worship. The third revelation is you must become a worshiper. You must be willing to worship Jesus. And when you worship him, the atmosphere will change in your life, in your home, in your church. Because worship attracts the presence of the Holy Spirit. Worship manifests the presence of the Holy Spirit that is in you. It manifests through you to others. The Bible says that thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. When you are a worshiper, I love this scripture because it says there's something that diffuses through you. It's the fragrance of the knowledge of God. What is the fragrance of the knowledge of God? It's the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what changes the atmosphere. That's what changes the, the atmosphere in a room, in a church, in a home. When you begin to worship Him, you will begin to see a change in the atmosphere of your life. And where there was sadness and depression and anguish and fear and sickness and disease suddenly you will have joy you will have peace you will see healing you will see transformation because of the atmosphere has changed <laughs> knowledge does not change the atmosphere Beautiful preaching does not change the atmosphere. Uh, theology, as important in knowledge and all that is awesome, but it does not change the atmosphere. What changes the atmosphere is when there are worshipers who worship Him in spirit and in truth. I'm going to tell you a story. I was preaching at a church a while back. And I was there two nights. The first night... They had this worship team that had like probably every instrument available. They filled the whole stage. And they were amazing professionals. I'm talking about professionals. I'm talking about they put a show. It was incredible to the point that when they finished, everybody stood up and began to clap at them. Because it was a perfect performance. The first night. The next night, I'm waiting for the worship team to come. And here comes one young boy. He was probably late, early 20s, 18, 19, 20, around, around that age. By himself with one little piano. And I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> By himself, one little piano. He's from El Salvador. They brought him for the event from El Salvador. He stood behind the little piano. We're all standing. He just played one note. I still remember it. 
something fell in that place. The atmosphere of that place changed. By the time he was finished, every single person in the room was on their face weeping in, in the presence of God. He was a carrier of the fragrance. He was diffusing the knowledge of God. He was not performing. He was worshiping Jesus. Worshiping Jesus. The first band, they knew music. The second young boy, he knew the creator of music. You know, he knew the creator of music. Fragrance is very interesting because you cannot see it with your eyes. You cannot see a perfume, but you can perceive it. You can perceive it. In the same way, you cannot see the anointing. You cannot see the presence of the Holy Spirit. But people can perceive it. People in your school can perceive it when you carry His presence. People in your work can perceive it. People in your house can perceive it. Because the Spirit testifies through you the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ. His presence reveals Jesus everywhere you go. That's why it's beautiful to testify of Jesus under the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because your words begin to touch people's hearts. And you know it's not you. That it's the Holy Spirit who's testifying to their hearts and revealing Jesus. But another thing about perfume or fragrance is that it reminds you of people, events, and places. I don't know if you ever smelled somebody's perfume and it reminded you of somebody else who wore the same perfume as that person. Or you smelled something and it reminded you of something that happened in your past. Or that, that, that fragrance brought a memory to you. The Bible says that Jesus said that she was preparing his body for burial. So when Jesus was being nailed to the cross, that perfume was still on his body. When Jesus was being spat upon, when Jesus' body was being broken, that perfume was still on his body. And I'm sure Jesus could smell that perfume. And I'm sure... That perfume brought him memories of Mary. And she said, at least there's one person who loves me for who I am. Who loves me not because of ministry, not because of miracles, signs and wonders. Who loves me because of who I am. Someone who loves me and runs to me even when I disappoint her. Even when she's in pain, she still comes to my feet. Someone who's willing to give all of her heart to me. Not just a drop. Someone who's willing to pour her whole life in worship at my feet. Someone who's willing to sit at my feet and waste, waste her life at my feet. And I'm sure Jesus said, even if it's just for her, this sacrifice is worth it. Even if it's just to save her, this sacrifice is worth it. And I am sure that fragrance gave Jesus strength to go through the suffering. And I am sure Jesus would also be thinking about everyone before her and after her that would be passionate for his presence that would love him his person who he is not what he gives not what he does but who he is they would love him because he's holy they would love the fact that God is holy he's a holy God they would love him because he's good because he's kind because he's gentle because he's merciful because he's compassionate because he's just they will love him for who he is and when they hear Jesus is calling you they will run to him tonight 
the Holy Spirit tells you the teacher is here and he's calling for you he's calling for you how will you respond to him I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet the Bible says after three days Jesus was raised from the dead and for 40 days he began to appear to people. He appeared to people in Galilee. He appeared to people on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to his disciples in the upper room in Jerusalem. For 40 days, he began to appear to people. But on the last day, the last place that he went before he was ascended to heaven was to Bethany. The Bible says, and he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. To say goodbye one last time. He could have gone to any city in Israel he could have gone to Capernaum to he could have gone to uh, Bethsaida he could have gone to uh, so many different cities Chorazin he could have gone to all those towns that he visited but he chose to go back to Bethany and you know what he did he lifted up his hands and blessed them and one thing is to be blessed by a person or a man or a minister another thing is to be blessed by Jesus himself if you make it a priority and your number one passion in your life to seek his presence to seek him to be with him to know him to love him I assure you he will bless you he will bless you him he will lift his hands over your life and he will bless you and he will visit you in your home his presence would not be only at the conference not only when you go to church but his presence will be with you in your home and upon your children and upon your grandchildren. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes for a moment. Every eye close. Jesus says to you tonight, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And Jesus asks you tonight, and everyone watching online, he asks you this question. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe that he paid your debt on the cross though so great was his love for you so deep was his love for you that he was willing to give his life on the cross to pay for your sins and do you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead if you believe you will receive the greatest gift the gift of eternal life though you may die you will live forever and if you're alive when he returns you will never taste death it is his promise to you do you believe this if you're here tonight or you're watching online and you have never made a decision to surrender your life to Jesus he's calling your name today if tonight you want to say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, I'm going to invite you right there where you are to lift up one hand as high as you can. God bless you. 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 Up there, God bless you. 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 God bless you up there. God bless you. Maybe you're here 
and you're far away from God, from God. You're like Mary, you're sitting at home. You're disappointed with church. You're disappointed with Christians. You're disappointed maybe with pastors, with preachers. Maybe you're even disappointed with God. You prayed and he did not answer your prayer and your heart has become hardened. You're not passionate for him like you used to be. You used to sit at his feet. You used to worship him. You used to be in love with God. But because of the things in this world that happened to you, you your heart became hardened. You were disappointed, discouraged. Today, Jesus is speaking to you. And he says that he's here and he's calling you. The Holy Spirit tells you, the teacher, Jesus is here, the master is here, and he's calling you. He's concerned, he cares about you, and he's calling you. If that is you tonight, and you want to return to him with all of your heart, I'm going to ask you right there where you are to simply lift up one hand as high as you can. God bless you, 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 God bless you.